Okay, welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast, the place for intuitive business owners. We're your hosts, Shay and Mariah, and today we're talking about nervous system regulation, which sounds like a pretty fancy topic, but it's actually something that, um, you know, this is something that I have been, I would say, the past few years really trying to focus on. It's a topic that I didn't really know much about and something that I think affects all of us, Uh, you know, we've all heard of fight or flight before and they're, I mean, geez, myself included, how many people do you know that it feels like they live their whole life in a constant state of being like on or in fight or flight in this like activated mode. And when you stay in that place over time, it can really have um, a damaging effect, not only on your mental health, but your physical health. And so our guest today, her name is Monique Hessler, and she is, um, has a really cool background, actually started out in the online business world as a photographer and ran into some pretty significant health issues and kind of had to go through she had to navigate this world herself many years ago before there was all of this wonderful education and support and community. And Monique is a really cool example of someone that followed her own intuition and curiosity to find true healing. You know, she's someone that had some significant health issues. Um, she tried to go the traditional medical route and got a lot of, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know why you feel so terrible. I, I Honestly, Monique just sharing about her navigating the medical system was very healing for me to hear. Um, she's got a really empowered perspective on it. And, and she just is going to take you through the journey of how she learned about this topic of nervous system regulation and how she used it to really heal herself and how she uses it to, I know the word healing can be a bit activating and it's pretty broad, but she honestly, what I told her, I think on the podcast was like, never stop talking. Like she is just someone that is like in her zone of genius and it shows And the way she talks about this stuff is like goosebump city. Like, it's just like, I could listen to her forever. So she's just put together these really cool resources for us to learn about nervous system regulation and how we can add it to our tool belt (laughs) to be more effective and functional humans. So I honestly, this episode, as we're recording this, it hasn't released yet, but I've already recommended it to so many people. (laughs) I've told them like this episode gets released on this date. You've got to listen to it. Like there is some knowledge that Monique drops in this. And I am just so grateful for her for her being brave enough to walk this path and then now share it with us. Yeah, I think that she is a really beautiful example of combining strategy with energetics. Like she's down to like, look at the data, look at the research, look at the science behind things while also exploring the more energetic pieces of emotion and like trauma on an energetic level and like healing and holistic healing and how the body operates from all of these different angles. And like, you know, being in the society that we are, it's just, it's really nice knowing that there's people out there that see healing as a more holistic thing. Because like for my my perspective, my journey, like I've had some some health issues and like going... <clears throat> the normal way of like tests and like figuring things out, nobody could find any answers. And it wasn't until I started diving into like, how does the body work as like an ecosystem as like a holistic system? That's the only way that I was able to even start 
inching towards things that could maybe uncover what I was dealing with and just like how I could heal. And I feel like this conversation, it was so great. There were so many aha moments as always, like our fucking guests on this podcast are incredible. Like, I'm just so grateful to have these conversations. Uh, but I, I did want to know in the actual, in the actual interview itself, I (laughs) guessed Monique's human design. And I was like, oh yeah, she's a one, three generator. And I'm just like laughing because like, I don't know shit. Like, I don't even know why I try to guess anymore. I should just have people like, just tell me what the fuck they are. But I asked Monique to double check and she's actually a five, one projector. So I got the one, right. Because I just, I kind of felt that there was something in her that like, she needed to understand the foundations of things. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to make that little note, but my favorite part of this was just like, how she really focuses and supports people in getting to the root of the problem. And I just, I think that it's so necessary, especially in the way that society is and like nervous system regulation, like, holy shit, it should be a course in college, in high school. Like we should be learning about this from, from the get-go. All right. So let me just read Monique's bio real quick and then we'll just get right into it. So Monique Hessler personally experienced chronic illness for over 12 years and healed naturally, freeing herself from the diseases and lengthy list of full body debilitating systems that she once suffered with daily. Monique is now a wellness coach and a certified integrative words are hard right now, health uh, practitioner specializing in overcoming chronic illnesses, trauma healing, and nervous system regulation. She uses her personal experience plus education in holistic wellness, nutrition, nervous system regulation, psychology, and energy medicine to teach others how to identify and heal their root cause of dysregulation, guiding them in healing naturally, trusting their body again, stepping into their power, and finally getting back to truly living their life. All right, let's get into the episode. Okay. Hey, Monique. We're so excited to have you here today. Uh, Like I just told you, I've been fangirling over you for a while. So I I know your story. Um, Actually, I know you from a former podcast guest that we've had on. So Natasha, our um, intuitive medium business friend uh, connected (laughs) us. I was in a small group coaching container Mariah introduced me to Natasha, and then I have taken some things from Natasha, who brings you in to talk about all things nervous system regulation, taking care of yourself, health, holistic wellness. And every time I hear from you, it's always such a breath of fresh air. I feel like I um, always love everything you have to say. Wow, thank you. you. (laughs) Would you mind? um, you know, I, you have a really interesting story, I think of how you got on this path. Would you mind just telling us a little bit of, um, kind of that pivot time of where you were, um, you know, I, I think very got, getting very clear from the un- signals from the universe, you know, your body was reacting in a certain way you were ill. Can you kind of take us there and, um, guide us through the path of what's led you to, um, where you're at today? Yes, absolutely. So I, I guess I was always, I had that heart for helping others. 
um, because I graduated with a degree in psychology and family studies. I was a social worker. I did in-home visits and I helped, um, you know, parents with early childhood education. And then I really dove into a passion of photography. And um, through that, I experienced off and on chronic illness. Um, the chronic illness actually started in, during while I was in college and it just hit me over the head. And we always feel like when we experience that, we get hit over the head. It came out of nowhere when really in the background, it's kind of building up, building up, building up. And our body sends us signs and signals and communicates with us through symptoms, but we ignore it. We ignore it. We ignore it. Um, you know, how many of us are walking around with headaches or we need coffee to get through the day, or, you know, these are all little signals that our body saying, Hey, I need energy. Hey, something's not wrong. It's okay. Something's not right. Okay. Well, let me take this medication. Let me take this caffeine, et cetera. So through college, um, it was the last two years of college. I was actually basically housebound ill. I was chronically nauseous. I spent from like four in the afternoon until five in the morning in the bathroom. Um, I couldn't eat hardly anything without responding as if I had food poisoning. It was awful. Um, we went from one doctor to the next, the next, all these top specialists, nobody had answers for me. And at that time, chronic illness wasn't as common as it is today. Maybe it was, but there wasn't social media and there wasn't, you know, connection and Hey, I'm going through this too. Um, so I felt very alone and, you know, at that time when you, you can't be there and, and go out and Hey, you know, you lose a lot of friends, quote friends and people start calling and they stop checking up. So it's a very, um, evolving time to learn, you know, who you are, um, getting through those trials. So anyway, I went through housebound illness. I, through online schooling, finished my degree and with help of some friends that stuck around, um, got through that. Like I said, I did at home visits. I could work my schedule around feeling chronically ill. Um, I did meet a naturopath who helped me kind of detox in different ways. She also didn't know really what was going on, but she knew at the core it was toxicity. So she did help me um, get back to, it looked like an invisible illness. It, no, you know, a lot of people hearing my story now that have known me since the beginning, some had no idea. And that's the way I wanted it because I didn't want them to see me as chronically ill. I wanted them to just you know, be my friend and just enjoy life. So I was able to manage the symptoms. I was able to hide them. Um, I was a photographer, a wedding photographer. I slowly began to manage my symptoms better and better and better. And I met the love of my life. You know, there, there's all kinds of healing that comes with love and joy and that uplifting. So I truly believe that that kind of took part of me to that next level, but, um, it was still there. It was still that chronic illness, chronic symptoms that were in the background. I knew that something wasn't right, but I didn't have the answers. And I went to all the specialists and they didn't have the answers. So I just kind of shoved down my intuition and just thought, well, this is the best it can be. And I'm glad that I'm not stuck in the bathroom. So this is fine. And, you know, when I, when my husband, and I tried to get pregnant, um, it wasn't happening. And we checked all the labs and they told me, basically you reflect somebody that is, um, going through menopause. And I thought, great. 
that's just great. So I thought, you know, it's the chronic illness, it's whatever. Um, we went through infertility treatments and we got pregnant and everything was great. I did have her two months early. Um, they said it had nothing to do with chronic illness, but they didn't know what the chronic illness was. So, you know, it was just this big, big, uh, question mark. So we, I had my baby, I was on a high, I just had a baby. I didn't think that I could even get pregnant. I was able to breastfeed. Everything was like this golden bubble. And then about six months after I had her, my hair was dramatically falling out and I felt so fatigued. And when I was walking, my foot would drag on the floor. And, um, there were moments where I would, there was a moment where I was taking a shower and my body gave out and I fell to the floor and I thought, Oh my gosh, it came back. And we went to all the doctors and they said, this is normal. Um, the hair loss is normal. You just had a baby. And I thought this was six months ago. Shouldn't things be normalizing? Um, again, stuffing it down, stuffing it down, not listening to my intuition, um, following other people's advice of what is best for my body. I knew something was wrong. Um, along the way, I just, you know, I went to go get answers and I would get a new diagnosis. And so at that point I had, um, diagnoses that include lupus. My grandmother passed at a young age from lupus. So I thought, here we go. And, you know, all of a sudden you just set that path for your, yourself in your mind I saw her go through this. That's my life too. Here we go. And I had that choice. I had that choice to believe that and just to fall into that. But something in me said, no, 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 no. I truly, truly believe that my grandmother, who I've always been close to, and I, I have felt closer to her since her passing, has always been there for me. I couldn't find the answers. I know that you can. I know that you can undo this hereditary disease. I'm here. I support you. I know that there's answers. So that whole like tug of war was going on in my mind. Um, at the same time, what are the answers? What are the answers? There are no answers. So I just kept going and I kept going and we got pregnant with our second. Cause what do you do when you're, you know, adding diagnoses, let's get pregnant again. Um, so we went through infertility again, we got pregnant right away. Um, I was actually pregnant with twins and I lost one, um, about a month in, and so there was that added grief. Um, for some reason, that second twin didn't, I guess they're supposed to like kind of dissolve in the body. Um, it didn't. So the entire pregnancy, it was, you know, seeing an ultrasound, there was the baby that was living and the baby that didn't make it. And so there was this grief, but I'm supposed to be okay. It was this um, emotional journey that I went on. Um, so that was, I think that was really hard um, emotionally. And I think that kind of jarred my system too. Um, at the same time, they put me on high dose steroids throughout my entire second pregnancy, just to prevent a lupus flare, even though I was having no, no symptoms. Um, and then when I had my second baby, they said, okay, well, you had the baby. You're okay. Let's cut off cold Turkey, cut off all the, the medication, cold Turkey. And my adrenals crashed. I was so sick and I, I could feel that my, my newborn was sick too, because whenever I felt horrendously ill, she was just quote colic, colicky. Um, I, at that point had pot syndrome where I couldn't stand for longer than five minutes without fainting. So I 
couldn't hold my baby. I, I was scared to walk with her. Uh, my husband had to go to, back to work after paternity leave. And, you know, I had to wear the Apple watch and then 911 call. Cause what if I faint while I'm taking care of my babies? Do I have enough time to take a shower before fainting? Does everybody know where I am? It was a nightmare. And, you know, I, I went to all the top specialists again in the back of my mind. I thought I can't live like this. I owned a wedding photography business and I had to, you know, I had such a people pleasing side of me, um, that trauma response of people pleasing. And I had to disappoint them. You know, I had to tell them I can't be at your wedding. Here are all these choices I have backed up. I, I love these friends that are incredible and talented. I took care of them, but at the same time I couldn't show up for them. So there was that massive blow emotionally. I couldn't even stand here more diagnoses. Um, okay. So what are the answers? I have a diagnosis. What are the answers? Well, unfortunately, this is lifelong and you can't really make it go away, but you can make it better with diet and lifestyle. Okay. So this is my life. I have two little ones that need me. I have a husband who needs me, who is, he was so supportive by the way, the entire time. Um, I was very blessed that I met him when I was already chronically ill. So we learned that dynamic before getting married. But he was always so supportive, never brought up, well, I need you to help, you know, why can't you help me out with this? So that was such a blessing to have that support. I can't imagine doing it without him. But when I heard all of this, when I heard, you know, you have lupus, this is just in your family line, you know, pot syndrome doesn't go away, um, Lyme disease, um, all kinds of stuff. I, it just would not sit right with me that this was my life. It wouldn't every single time I thought, okay, okay, whatever, I'll make the most of it. It just, it felt like I was saying my name was Justin. I knew it wasn't true. It wasn't true and it wouldn't stick. And it's almost like every time I told myself, this is my life, my body got mad. No, it's not. So it lit a fire in me to find the answers, just, just to search. And I made it my full-time job to research and to dive in, to ask questions. I found people who healed. I asked them questions. Um, I, I wanted to find the root cause. I knew that my body loved me. I knew that my body wasn't trying to ruin my life. I knew that my body existed for me. So what language was it speaking and how do I learn that language was really the key. And, um, there was a lot of forgiveness I had to do, forgive my body, forgive, um, the process of life and realize that they weren't out to get me. And just to realize that, that disconnect. So after that, it was about a year of heavy root cause healing. Um, after about a year, I went to all the doctors, you know, getting my checkup. I was feeling so much better. All of my diagnoses were gone. There were no signs of any of my diagnoses. And I was blown away. My doctors were blown away. Some even, even thought, okay, well, let's redo these labs. This can't just go away. And I knew that I wasn't some magical unicorn. I knew that I wasn't. I knew that all of us are given this body that loves us, that trillions of cells that actively work for us every second to help us protect us. Even those you know, subconscious triggers are there to protect us and to help us. So in my, in my heart, I knew that this was, this mountain was given to me so that I could conquer it and help others who don't have those answers. I mean, it was 12, a 12 year journey. How can I help others shorten that search? 
Um, but I kept it to myself. I thought, well, who's going to listen to me? Who's, you know, and my husband pointed out through that journey of finding answers, I, I acquired certifications. I took trainings. I mean, just for myself, just, just to learn for myself. But he, he said, you know, you can do this. You are certified. You, why don't you use this? Well, I was too scared. It was all that inner critic. So then I actually met Natasha who did a reading for me. She had never met me. We didn't meet in person. She knew nothing about me. And in her reading, she said, whoa, you have a story that you are hiding and it's not about you. This was brought to you to help others. So whatever this is, she's like, I don't know if you sell essential oils. I don't know. She's like, I don't know what this is. I don't know you, but you need to get on Instagram. You need to do something. You need to share information. And so now we're good friends. And I always joke to her, like you shoved me out there. And so, yeah, she didn't even know me. She, she pushed me, she questioned me. Um, and then, you know, after a little while I was on her podcast, actually, we, we didn't even really know each other very well. She just said, Hey, I'm getting the nudge that you need to be on my podcast. And then after I was on her podcast, she was like, all right, so what are you doing? What are you doing to show up and help people? And I was like, oh my goodness, you are amazing and pushy. <laughs> so now we're good friends. And I'm like, I, I just am so appreciative of her. Oh my God, Monique. I feel I have like half of a notebook full of notes and just like, I feel like just like little tangents that I want to go on and just like, holy shit. Okay. For first off, I got like full body chills for probably 85% of like when you were speaking, I was like, there is so much truth resonating this resonating like in, in your story. And I, I just feel like this story is so relatable and so common, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because like the, the way that, the way that our, our healthcare system is set up, especially in this country, it's like, we, we go to these doctors, we expect them to find the answers. And when they don't have the answers, they tell us we don't know. And then we don't know where to, what the next step is, where to tell you to go what to do next. And it just all feels so fucking disempowering because like, I'm here feeling my worst coming to you. You're supposed to be the expert. You're supposed, you're supposed to understand the body. Mm -hmm. And what usually ends up happening is that like, they don't understand the body to the depth that we want them to, to the root cause, because like in medical school, a lot of the times they're taught to treat the symptoms. And so it's like, they look at the symptoms and it's like, you got this, you got that, you got this over here. Here's some steroids. What's up with this? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like I had a similar story, not, not as intense as yours, but like I was going to the doctor for, for some sinus issues. It was really fucking bad. And they wanted to put me on steroids for the rest of my life. And I remember getting into like a heated conversation with this doctor. And I was like, you're not fucking listening to me. Like, I'm telling you that I'm not going on steroids. And he was like, well, I don't know what you want me to do. I was like, fucking ask me questions, give a shit, like (laughs) something. And I ended up having to find like a, a whole new doctor and ended up going on my own holistic health journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's so fucking disempowering because you don't know where to go. You don't know who has the answers. And then it's like, I must be crazy. Like I must be making this shit up. I, if nobody out there has the answers and they all have degrees, then like, I must be missing something. 
Right. And it's just such, such a disempowering journey. And it's traumatizing. It's truly traumatizing because you, when you're not faced with chronic illness, you just assume there's that safety net. If I get sick, I go to the doctor, they give me something I'm better. If that doesn't work, I go to another doctor. They know what's going on. They give me something, I get better. So when you take every ounce of energy to get dressed, to go to the doctor with so much hope that this is the answer, and they say things like, oh, well, at least you don't look sick. Oh, well, at least, you know, you could get here or, or like, um, you know, everything looks fine. All your labs look fine. Would you like some anxiety medication? It's terrifying that that net is gone. What do I do now? It's terrifying. And like you said, disempowering, you have that intuition that's speaking to you. And when everyone else says, no, ignore that, that's wrong. Oh, especially if you have childhood trauma of your voice not being heard and you feel like you don't have important things to say or being gaslit. Holy cow. That's a whole nother layer of trauma. And You know, I had to do a lot of forgiveness when it came to doctors and specialists, because a lot of them truly started, you know, going into this industry because they wanted to help people. I've met so many doctors who genuinely, I could tell, wanted to help me. They had no clue. They had no clue. I had one top specialist. I won't say it was a top, top hospital. And he literally looked at me humbly and said, I have no idea what's going on. I I can see the fire in you. I know that you can find the answers, but unfortunately they don't teach us about this chronic illness stuff. You don't, on paper, you have none of these diseases that I'm looking for. You have something you're, you're being put in a box, this mystery box. I, I don't know what it is. I can give you referrals to people that maybe might know, but they don't teach us, you know, this kind of stuff. And I so appreciate that honesty because for, you know, once is like, yes, I know. So, you know, a lot of them, they want to help, but there's this new chronic illness group of symptoms that I feel like that training needs to dive into that. And I I feel like a lot of this natural healing, holistic healing, um, there's so much healing within that industry because, there are so many that keep learning and extend that education and they find those answers and they listen to their clients and their patients. Okay. What's this? Okay. This is a new box of, of mystery illness. Okay. What is this? What is the root cause? And they go after that. They learn and they grow. Um, and, and they use that experience to further their education and help others. So you know, I had to do a lot of healing because I was so freaking pissed. Like I, I, I felt, um, abandoned, I guess, by the medical system. Like I'm here, I need help and nobody would help me. And it was terrifying. And, you know, if anything, I was put on some medications that hurt me even further. It was, it's just terrifying. It's scary. It's traumatizing, especially when you don't think that, that anyone else is going through it. You feel like you're all alone. Yeah. So yeah, I totally feel that. You, you mentioned, um, that, that you had to do a lot of root cause healing. You don't have to dive into like super specific details, but like, I'm just curious, like, what did that include? Because like, I obviously have my own path that Mm -hmm. I've had to walk with some of this stuff. And it's like some of the things that I had to do, if I told somebody that has not (laughs) dived into this, they're like, 
you had to what heal emotional trauma, heal your <laughs> nervous system. Like that's not connected to like, mine was food intolerances in my digestive system. They're like, that's not fucking connected. What are you talking right. about? Like, it's just, it's, it's in the medical system, emotional health, nervous system health is not related to physical symptoms, mm-hmm. but like we know that once you start diving into that root cause, there definitely could be some of that shit coming up. So I'm just curious on your perspective. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that mental health is considered separate than physical health. When mental health is physical health, they're, they're one, this is our body, body, mind, soul. Um, so I, I had this vision of a tree. I mean, we hear root cause healing and a tree that's, you know, that's used so much, but what kind of came to me was this tree and the leaves were symptoms. And I felt like I had all these different symptoms. My body was freaking out. Like, why are you freaking out body? All these different symptoms, they don't connect, right? You have acne, you go to this specialist, they give you this protocol. You have sinus issues. You go to this doctor, they give you that protocol. Well, then you have these gut issues. You go to this doctor at that protocol, right? And you have, then you're you're taking like a hundred different supplements. They're all causing side effects. You're not even helping it. Maybe you're calming enough to get through the day, but but what is going on? So really what, what I realized is, okay, so this group of leaves on a tree are connected to this one branch. And maybe that one branch is strep in the body that's causing the UTIs, that's causing the acne, that's causing the sinus issues, that's causing the gut issues. Okay, so let's heal the strep. Oh, wow, that whole branch healed. All of those clusters of symptoms did go together. So you know, maybe another branch is nervous system. Maybe another branch is, you know, whatever it is. So you, you have to really get down to the root, but how do you do that? So in the infancy of my healing, I was so aligned with, I just kept hearing over and over and over, go back to the beginning, go back to the beginning. How were we created and how is it different than it is today? Our bodies were created to be in nature. Our bodies weren't bombarded with toxicity. We, it was more simple time. It wasn't wake up till I'm rush, 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 you know, social media bullying. Like it wasn't like this. We were being stimulated by all of these different fucking things, literally 24 seven. There wasn't chemicals in our food. There wasn't so much poisoning in the air. I feel like I could go on and on. Yeah. And even technology and you know, how many, how much do we actually get outside? How many, how much do we actually get outside barefoot and connect and take a deep breath when, you know, in reality, our way to unwind is getting on, you know, social media and scrolling. And then there's this mind chatter and it, it just, it's just a lot. So I thought, how can I take it back to the beginning? And I really just dove into using food to heal. Um, I tried to lower my toxic bucket, whether that is lowering, you know, the products that I was using, lowering the toxicity and the products I was using, um, all of that kind of stuff. I healed with food. I healed with lowering toxicity. I healed about 80% just by doing that. And in terms of, uh, really, really quick here in terms of like lowering your toxic load, does that mean like buying organic fruits and vegetables, going to the farmer's market and like switching up your shampoo and like the products that you're using? Like, is that kind of what you're referring to? Yes. So if you think about it, like how, how much do we put all these products on our bodies? When we clean, what are we breathing in? 
Um, you know, if we spend a lot of time in, in our house and we have the window shut all the time, we're just kind of keeping all those chemicals inside. Is there mold in the home? Is there how high are our EMFs? Like, you know, we just don't realize how high our toxicity is every single day. We walk outside and unfortunately there's chemicals, you know, blown into the air and it's just too much. So it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, I can't do all the things, but what can I control? So I kind of created this healing bubble and we just switched out our cleaning products. Um, it wasn't overwhelming. As soon as we ran out of a product, we just replaced it with something non-toxic and we switched all of our plastic to glass. Um, I really focused on rest. We went outside with me and my, my girls and I, my husband, we went outside barefoot, um, just hung out in the grass. Uh, we just really brought it back to the beginning, you know, organic, all the foods, especially the dirty dozen, you hear the dirty dozen. So if you can't buy all organic, I really focused on that. Um, I eliminated the processed food. Was there processed food in the beginning? I really asked the question when it came to food, is this man-made or is this found in nature? So we did a lot. We, we did away with a lot of the processed foods and the, um, you know, inflammatory oils. And how was your husband on this? Like, was he, was he like, Ooh, yeah, let's get rid of all of the processed food. (laughs) He, you know what? It was really encouraging for him to see that I had a fire lit in me and that I was not okay with this being forever. And he was always so supportive. And so he was like, let's freaking do this. Like, let's, let's heal. Let's, you know, he, his own way. And I didn't put that on my kids either. Um, but he saw this healing transformation. He's like, I want that. And, you know, he didn't, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. He didn't know that he had chronic symptoms until he, they went away. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So he shifted his lifestyle because I was, and I was healing. I never, ever put it on him. I never, I was just trying to survive. I wanted to witness my children's lives. So, um, he witnessed my example and he shifted himself and he, you know, lost a lot of the inflammation weight and he felt energized. And even when he wanted a quote, cheat meal, he didn't feel good after eating it. And so it, you know, it, it shifted for all of us. Um, we really taught our children to listen to their intuition. So, you know, we, we wouldn't tell them this food is bad. This food is good. We didn't want to put that energetic tie to any of the food. You know, sometimes my daughter would say, I feel kind of, my stomach feels kind of yucky. Oh, why do you think I kind of ate, I think junk, you know, on her own, she identified what junk was. Okay. If that's junk for you, what do you, what should we do about it? So she actually identified just by coaching her intuition when she goes to birthday parties, you know, she eats the pizza and she eats the cake and she feels kind of yucky after. So on her own, she decided, can I eat something first? So I'm not so hungry. And then I can just eat the cake. Totally. If you want to, she tried it and she felt a lot better. So, you know, it's all about guiding your intuition. What, what do you want to eat? What do you choose? What are you, can you feel yucky? Well, that's what happens. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? You know? Yeah. So we kind of went through that journey as a family, listening to our intuition. I was so sick of people telling me what to do with my body. And I just really honed in on how, how it was in the beginning, you know, bring it back to listening to my intuition, um, supporting my body naturally. And that took me, like I said, 80%. And I, I could stand for an hour at a time before feeling really woozy. It would knock me out, um, after about an hour, but I was fine with that. Like, holy cow. Um, like I said, the di- di- diagnoses were gone. 
but I wasn't okay with that lingering 20%. I wasn't okay with the anxiety. Keep in mind, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder since I was eight. I had severe anxiety. Um, I had strong OCD around like age 16 to 17. And I just thought that was me. That was my personality. You know, I was an anxious person. My, my dad, that family line was, they were all anxious. That's just who I was wrong. (laughs) And so I was, I wasn't okay with that lingering 20%. I still had chronic nausea that would pop up. I still had insomnia. I still had to sit down. I had to time, you know, do I need to stand for long hours? Things like Disneyland or theme parks. I couldn't do because you stand all day. I wasn't okay with that. You know, I took it 80%. I want that last 20%. So that's when I dove into nervous system work and holy crap, that was my mother load of healing. And it took me to the hundred percent and beyond truly it saved my life. I mean, body, soul, mind, everything. And so I, I found a kinesiologist who muscle tests and, you know, they, um, he had this, this unique system of 10 minutes on the table. He muscle tested, he used my body to communicate what was going on. And he pulled up childhood trauma and he connected it to an organ in my body and it blew my mind. And I dove in what, cause I was already on that path of our body communicates to us. You know, like I was so mad at my body. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? But maybe it was speaking Spanish and I was speaking English. Like my body was trying to help me the whole time. I just wasn't speaking the right language. So I really dove into organs can hold an energetic emotion. It can hold trauma. Um, even top specialist, Dr. Klinghart was even, he, you know, he's a, oh my goodness, he, he's a, a pioneer in the detox um, healing industry. And he really connected that, you know, you can tell a lot by somebody's childhood trauma, by the, you know, patterns that kind of come up throughout their life. If there's abandonment that comes up, up throughout their life, Um, say there's a lot of fear, you kind of look at, okay, well, they have kidney issues going on. They have this, this, and that. So they tie kind of the emotional patterns with the organs in the body. And they found that say you do have a GI weakness, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of self-doubt. And so you have a lot of chronic illness in your gut and that ties to all of that emotional trauma of that, you know, cutting down, um, that self-esteem and that lack of confidence. Well, all of these toxins and these pathogens, and everything that we're exposed to, guess where they want to hang out? Yep. Guess where they collect and where they thrive is in those weak points. So, you know, a lot of times uh, when I would detox, even to this day, if I go through a detox, I find a lot of the say heavy metals or the pathogens are kind of honing in on areas where I energetically held that emotional trauma. So it's just all so fascinating. I really dove into that. And I dove into the fact that my anxious personality was really me stuck in fight or flight. I was just chronically terrified. And throughout life, I looked at all of these things that happened to me as the, as just life attacking me as life picking on me, maybe I wasn't worthy, you know, all these false truths that we pick up on. So I really dove into, well, how do I feel safe? And 
that was one level of it. How do I feel safe? And there are so many, thankfully, there are so many different nervous system techniques to help us feel safe in this moment. And that was incredible. But I wanted, I always want to take it a step further, right? I'm like, not okay with as far as I go. Like I, I want to always go deeper. So calming down the anxiety, calming down the anger is kind of like hitting snooze on notification. Yeah. You know, you set an alarm in your phone and you get that alarm. Hey, time to wake up. Cool. Snooze. Okay. You, you set that alarm because you wanted it to let you know. So that anger and anxiety comes up as notifications. You hit snooze, you hit snooze. So all of a lot of nervous system regulation tools will calm that snooze down. will calm that notification down. But as long as that alarm is set in your phone, it's going to keep popping up. So, you know, you can't have triggers if you don't have trauma. Truly, the triggers are notifying you, hey, this is reminding me of this. We're not going through that. I'm protecting you. We need to get out of here or you need to get ready to fight. You know, that's why a lot of times kids won't really get triggered. They'll, they'll be exposed to something. They'll become traumatized. But as we go on through life, we get triggered, triggered, triggered. Wow. I never put, I never put that together. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was an aha moment for me when I realized that. And, and as I dove deeper, as I dove deeper and I really healed and kind of turned off those alarms in my phone, I realized the triggers stopped coming around so often. And I didn't realize my life every day was constant triggers. It was constantly, what if this happens? What if this happens? If this happens, I can do this. It was, I was constantly thinking of the worst case scenario and how I could help myself if that happened. And I didn't know anything other than that. Like, I don't know what you think, what my husband thinks. And I asked my husband, I was like, do you ever, you know, I just asked, is this how he's like, oh my gosh, baby, that sounds awful. That's not what goes on in my head. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm terrified. And you know, when it nervous system dysregulation affects everything. If you imagine right now that a tiger is chasing you right now, coming after you about to pounce, do you feel safe to have a conversation right now? Do you feel safe to eat? Do you want to go hang out with a friend? Do you want to stop and brainstorm awesome things that you can do in your business? No, you're getting out of here. Like we need to continue this later. I need to get out. I'm about to die. So everything in your body literally shifts to help you run, to help you flee, to help you fight. You know, your, your digestive juice is lower. So digestion can be affected. You're, you know, you get brain foggy. It shuts down your everything, creativity, everything, intuition, not just that, but also chasing after prey, you know, you chasing after prey, you chasing after, I need that sale to, to live. I need them to like me, to feel accepted. I need this. I need that. I need whatever to feel safe and secure and stable that sets off a fight or flight. So how many of us are running from that past trauma or hustling to find that next gig, that next you know, anything. And and so we're just constantly in this state of fire flight. Um, like we, we talked about just the being bombarded by toxicity that alone in the body can cause fight or flight. Cause you know, if there's toxicity cooking in your body, your body's kind of at war protecting you and you have no idea. So that can set off this fight or flight. So if you break down 
what is causing these root wounds, you can go in and turn off that alarm and you can feel free without waiting for that notification to come up. So that was just profoundly healing. And, And what I did really is instead of fearing triggers, because I was in this, this moment of this lifestyle, really of fearing triggers. Um, I was terrified of, I had social anxiety because I was just waiting for an emotional trigger to come up and it would just ruin my whole day. I had to figure out how to get home. I was terrified. It sh- I shifted to, if a trigger popped up, I embraced it with curiosity. Okay. This trigger popped up. What is this? What is this alarm that I set? What is this alarm? What is it telling me? I'm afraid that, okay. Say it was like a people pleasing. Um, I'm afraid that they're not going to like me and I'm going to feel abandoned. Okay, cool. That's coming up. Is that true? No, but where did it come from? When is the earliest that I felt this? Okay. Got it. I was five and whatever happened. Got it. That's when the alarm was set. So write it down, identify that trigger, write it down because it makes it more real. You can, you know, all of these, when you look at it, it kind of takes away its power, really write it down, look at it and, and ask yourself, is this still true for me? This was very true for me when I was five and it was terrifying and it hurt and it was scary. Is this still true for me? No, I don't care. I don't care at the core of me, what people think they don't care they're thinking about themselves. So this is not true for me. You can literally crumple it up and toss it. Thank you for serving me. Thank you subconscious for trying to help me and heal me and protect me from that hurt and scary that I experienced when I was five, but I'm okay now and throw away that false truth. And then you sit and you affirm the truth. What is the truth? I love myself deeply. I am safe in this moment. You know, I am an adult And if somebody projects those, you know, awful labels or, or comes at me with, with that awful perspective, guess what? I have the choice to not be friends with them. I have the choice to move on. So you just, it's almost like a video game. You beat that level when you were five, you overcame, you're here today. So you overcame it. Go scoop up your points. You know, so many times we look at our past trauma and we think, oh my gosh, that happened. Oh my gosh, this happened. Yeah, that happened and you dominated it. You overcame it. You are not a victim. You are a victor. So remember that and scoop up those points, scoop up all of those resources that you've gained and you've learned and use them. Monique, I could listen to you. In a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Never stop talking. Just talk forever (laughs) to everybody all the time. It's amazing. I couldn't say anything earlier. I was like, so overwhelmed with emotion. I'm so caught up on, thank you for validating me. I'm at the part where I'm kind of pissed at the medical system. And as you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, I do have a lot of anger here because it has felt frustrating. And it felt like everyone's looking at their own individual part and piece and no one's looking at the the tree. What a beautiful metaphor. Um, So thank you. I feel so seen and heard like oh, every every point of your journey like Mariah I feel like we need like a little sign for full body chills like the entire <laughs> time so amazing and I want to I think so many people live in a chronic state of fight or flight and we mm-hmm. don't even realize I actually right. first I heard a stat and I know 
don't want to like stereotype, but it does seem like women tend to be a bit more anxious and have that kind of like um, scanning, looking for potential problems that are coming. And um, I heard some stat that like the amount of thoughts that go through a woman's mind a day versus a man, it was like tenfold. It was like, we were having 80,000 thoughts and, and it was so much more. And I was like, oh, I thought about the brain as a muscle and like, wow, certainly that's overuse and you add overstimulation in there. And that kind of like stabbed me into like, and I asked my husband the same thing. I'm like, (laughs) are you not, you don't wake up like with sweaty palms, like just worried about (laughs) everything all the time. And he's like, no. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't I asked know Andrew something similar too. I was like, are you thinking about 10 things right now? And he's like, no, I'm thinking about me watching this YouTube video because that's <laughs> what the fuck we're doing. I didn't know that was possible. I thought it was normal to stay right. this activated. And actually it felt, it was to the point where it was safe. That was safe for me. If I was staying activated, I was in control and that was safe. And talk about like a hard, hardwired path <laughs> in my Absolutely. brain, you know? And, um, yeah. you know, I'm just blown away with Monique. I, I have also have a video game metaphor that has been very helpful for me and you, um, added a new layer to it. So thank you so much for sharing that idea about collecting, you collect the points and you move on and look back. You're, you're the victor, not the victim. That's so empowering for me. The video game has been helpful. I've been wanting to share this on the podcast, so I'll I'll take the opportunity. Um, I get frustrated Mariah and I talk a lot about as we're growing, you know, and we're like tending to our tree, measuring growth can be difficult. It's hard to know when you've made progress. There's no A coming on a report card. Right. I mean, you have to kind of uh, pick up on the little subtle signals, right, that you're headed in the right direction. Um, but I, um, the video game for me has been okay, I beat level one, right? And so let's call it imposter syndrome. I get frustrated when I feel like I've made some progress with imposter syndrome, but then all of a sudden it comes back and it's like in this new form. And I really can go in some shame spirals around like, I thought I already dealt with this. You know, like I thought this was a trigger that I had already turned the alarm off on. Why Mm -hmm. the heck is it popping up again? And so for me, thinking about life as a video game of, oh no, now we're in level two. And what happens when you get to the new level? You have to rebuild your skills. You have to strengthen your toolkit. You know, you have to build the muscles and then you can face this level of that boss. And then Mm -hmm. there's victory and then there'll be another level. And like that for me has been so empowering. And so for you laying in, layering in this idea of, hey, and look back and collect those points, mm-hmm. pat, pat yourself on the back, build up your confidence, like be empowered. You've, you've done some really hard stuff. That's yes. like such a cool layer. So, and you know, like you. really mother yourself, really praise yourself. And yes. like you were saying, getting mad and, and gosh, still, this is happening still. Okay. That is notification. Mm -hmm. So you can then take that and look back at your childhood or the earliest you can remember. When did I feel pressure to get it right? Mm -hmm. Where in my childhood did I feel shamed? Maybe you're still, you're still not learning this. Mm -hmm. You know, they can, they can um, trace back or, or track a lot of people that um, have a hard time speaking in public, public speaking, a lot of times that can correlate with having a rough time when you're potty training, 
Because when we're potty training, that's the first time that we're expected to show up and perform. We're literally releasing stuff from our body. And how do adults you know, respond to us? Look what you did. You made this mess. Why couldn't you? Why, 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 why? You peed your bed? You know, you're safe. And what you're, the fuck? I you had no I mean? fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're, if you have strong performance anxiety, a lot of times that can be traced, tracked back to like when you were a child and you were expected to perform and how was that met? Were you loved on? Were you, was there unconditional love? Was there patience? Was there praise? It's okay. So a lot of this self-talk that we have, where did that come from? Mm, you know, yeah. and, and it's hard because a lot of times when we have really traumatic experiences, we, our subconscious protects us and we don't remember it. Right. So if you have that and you're like, well, I can't remember. Okay. Well, maybe it was really hard. And your body's protecting you. So you don't need to know what it is. You, you just identify it. Okay. I'm really shaming myself hard because I'm at the next level and I I'm still not getting this right. Okay. So what is the false truth here? I kind of failed because I have to deal with this again, whether it's another level or whatever, write it down. Is this true for me? Is something wrong with me that I'm having a hard time at this next level? No. What is the truth? Mm. I'm so proud of myself for getting to this level. I beat that level. I'm going to beat this level too. Watch me, watch me. And as I go through this, I'm so profoundly grateful for the journey and, and, and experiencing this growth and experiencing this evolving and, and thank you universe. Thank you process of life for allowing me to go through this. You know, it's just this shift. It's this abrasive um, false truth, neglecting your heart and identifying that, not letting that feel good for you anymore, catching it. And instead of kind of vibing with it, take it and shift it, find the yeah. truth. And, and you know, it's so many times we kind of like cover up things with affirmations yes, and that feels, that feels, yuck. yeah. it feels yucky. It feels yucky. And if, if we have, um, if you think about it, if there's a child that comes to you, mommy, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm, it's dark in my room. I'm scared. Everything is fine. You are loved. You are safe. What? Like, you're not going to help me with the mom. Like, I'm fucking closet. scared, mom. Yeah, like, I, fucking help me. You know, it increases anxiety. You're like, I'm on my own. But as a parent, you know, if the parent says, oh my gosh, that sounds so scary. Let's go. Let's go deal with it together. Okay. There's no monsters get you in the bed. You realize there's no monsters. Okay. Now you're safe. You're loved. I'm right here. You're supported. Okay. Now that feels good. So you first have to identify the yuckiness, the the abrasive, the, the anger and the anxiety. You have to address it first. You have to listen to your intuition first. That notification is going off for a reason. You have to address that first, and then you can affirm the truth you know, and this can be especially, so this was very, very jarring and felt awful for me to embrace affirmations without addressing the anger and anxiety, because I did deal with a lot of, um, not having my voice heard and a lot of gaslighting when I was a child. So me not listening to myself 
me gaslighting myself was very traumatizing. And I didn't even know that all this was going on. It just felt so awful. It's trying to sit there and meditate and listen to affirmations. Like, no, I felt more angry. I felt more anxious. Why? And it's because I was ignoring my own intuition. I wasn't embracing and leaning into the anxiety, anger first. But as soon as I did that, oh my gosh, the custom customized affirmations that I affirmed that had to do with those specific false truths. Holy cow. There's so much power in that really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like what, what helps me in that situation of like, okay, I'm feeling this, this feels like a trigger. Where can I track this back to? I feel like what helps me is like, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Like, what's the first scenario that comes to mind, even if this isn't the root, because it allows me to like sit with that scenario and be like, how did I feel Mm -hmm. in that scenario? And what I realized through my healing journey is that a lot of my trauma came from my first grade teacher. Like she was like a fucking asshole. And like, she would legitimately outcast kids for like, like fucking a word up when reading out loud. And we're like, we're just learning how to read. Right. And I remember being like, I have to be completely perfect. And if I'm not perfect, I'm going to get outcasted. I need to please her because I, I never really got that from my mom or anything, but it took me a while to really sit and figure it out. And then I was like, I used to pee my pants in first grade because I was horrified to ask her to even go to the bathroom. And I'm like, Oh my, how traumatizing Mm -hmm. for a first grader. And then I remember trying to go home and tell my mom and my mom knew her. And this teacher would put on this act anytime uh, a parent would come in and she would be like, Oh my God, guys, blah, blah, blah. We loved it when parents came in because she was nice to us. So Mm -hmm. I remember trying to tell my mom about this. My mom was like, what do you mean? She's the nicest lady ever. And I was like, And that's another layer of trauma. (laughs) And I'm like, you don't get it. Even to this day, I'll be like, she traumatized me. My mom's like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, listen, bitch, she traumatized me. (laughs) And I'm telling you, she was awful. But it's like- Parents really don't understand how to talk. In my experience, my parents are like, trauma, ha, ha. My mom's like, oh, it's just a word that we throw around. (laughs) Like how dramatic of you to explain it that way. And I was like- No, my nervous system was completely dysregulated (laughs) up until like literally an hour ago because like she, I was horrified about her, but it's like, until I was able to like follow situations from like fifth grade, sixth grade, and then like with my brothers and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't until I like allowed myself to keep going deeper and not try to figure it out in one sitting, Mm -hmm. allow it to come up to me. That was like a huge thing that was really helpful of just like, your mind will tell you, like Mm -hmm. it will come up. You'll get either a a, a little nudge or even a dream way. Yeah. A dream, some kind of memory. You're like, why the fuck am I thinking about this? And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh shit, wait a minute. Maybe that trigger from six months ago was like, this feels connected and then creating space to allow yourself to sit with it. Mm-hmm. It's like that little notification cuts up time to deal with this. You can hit mm-hmm. snooze or you can dive in, yeah. you know, and, and you can even simply, there are so many times when I, I don't, you know, I have three little ones now. I don't sometimes have the time or the energetic space to just dive into all of this. Um, and as you practice and practice and practice, it becomes like instantaneous, this healing, um, because your subconscious is trained to feel safe to let go. But what I love to do at night 
is I like to just check in and just to, you know, breathe and to ground and just to check in with my body and just to head to toe, relax my entire body and identify if there is a part in my body that just will not release and just continues to feel stressed. I don't need to know why. And I just put my hand over that area. And I just think if this area had a voice, if it could communicate with me, what would it say? And it's phenomenal. Just asking yourself that what comes up, what just like instantly comes up. Maybe it's like sadness or, or anger or grief or confusion or whatever it is. Sometimes things come up and I'm like, why, why would this, why would I feel like this? And you just breathe through it and you let it dissolve and you, then you can get curious with it. What came up today where I felt this? Um, even if you don't want to dive in, you just, you just give your space and the love and the, the patience to let it just calm and to remind yourself that thank you for bringing this up. I will use curiosity to find this alarm. I, you know, you're safe, just remind your body. So that is also um, something that I love to do to kind of just tap into your body because your body will hold this trauma. It, it holds the anxiety. It holds the anger. It will tell you. So even sometimes if I have like, oh my gosh, my neck is really stiff. So really beyond like just chronic illness, physical ailments, I had to go to the chiropractor like three times a week in order to not have migraines, in order to ha not have like debilitating pain in my back. When I saw this kinesiologist, that was tied to me not going with the flow of life. I was trying to control everything. And as, as soon as that was released, which happened within one session of me, just, you know, releasing that trauma and that pattern and embracing going with the flow of life, it calmed down, it healed. And any, any time that my neck, you know, I don't, I haven't gone to the chiropractor maybe three years now, four years now. Um, but if I feel tightness in my neck, if I feel tightness in my shoulders, what am I carrying? What am I carrying that is not meant for me to carry? And it's incredible when you dive into what organs represent mm -hmm. and how, how does that showing up right now? How can you release that? It's incredible how your body releases, how it wants to release. You know, I've been reading, are you familiar with Dr. Sarah Gottfried by any chance? No, um, she's like a, a, started as an OBGYN, but it's kind of branched into like, um, functional medicine and, you know, just more keep an open mind yeah, <laughs> and like yeah. continuing your research and look at the body as a whole. In in her book, she brought up the idea of, um, symptoms being sacred signals and this mm -hmm. idea of sacred signals has really resonated with me. And I, and I'm thinking about it, like, yes, our physical symptoms are sacred signals, but also our emotions Absolutely. Are sacred, sick. And I've spent my whole life shaming myself for being so emotional. You know, I had the parents, you're too sensitive. Don't, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And so now I'm learning my emotions are a really wonderful, sacred signal for, Hey, let's take them. There's a moment of mindfulness here. There's an opportunity for healing here. And so, and then mental symptoms, physical symptoms, all of it, and what are we taught? You know, like it's bad, stuff it down, ignore it. Don't listen to it. Trust. Or it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Trust the doctor that they understand it better than you understand it yourself. But really the healing comes through 
being open and um, like creating space to look at these sacred signals with curiosity. And that Absolutely. is such a beautiful idea. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for helping me like pull that together. Cause it is. Oh, and so just true. look at toddlers, look at, you know, quote tantrums, children instinctually know how to release this trauma from their body, this, this anxiety and anxious connect energy from their body. You know, when they get mad, they stomp and they you know, clench their fists and they yell and they scream, they primal scream, they throw things. They they're trying to get it out of their body. And when they're anxious, you know, you see them, you know, kind of playing with their hands and getting jittery and they can't sit still and maybe hiding and trying to find safety. Um, and they, they cry and they, they just authentically live. And then you know, what do they hear? Go to your room. You know, you're too, it's kind of like, you're too emotional for me in this state of you can't regulate, go somewhere else, go shut yourself away. Mm -hmm. And so then as an adult, it's like, oh gosh, I'm getting emotional. I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize. You're authentic. You know, is that your problem that you're being emotional or is it society that we're shutting this down? Mm-hmm. You know, chronic, chronic illness is at an all time high. And so is shutting down our emotions and this highlight reel of what things are supposed to be. So, you know, just keep in mind, even that, even praising yourself for letting the emotions out. And, you know, they say that time doesn't heal all wounds. Time gives the anxiety and anger and trauma time to find a place to kind of burrow into your body. So there's a lot of healing there in pulling up that energetic wound from your body and releasing it. There's incredible emotional release techniques that are out there that help you literally bring out that emotion, emotional garbage, just like sitting there waiting to come out. Mm -hmm. So it's just absolutely phenomenal. The healing that can be embraced and it all comes back to the beginning. How was it in the beginning? you know, as I'm getting older, I find that my children are one of my top mentors (laughs) in observing how they authentically are, how they authentically share their feelings. And so much of my joy comes from who was I before society told me to be A, B, and C? What did I love to do? What made me feel free? What do I, what brings me joy? I want to do that. So we bought bubbles, like a big bubble set, make gigantic bubbles and we did it. And it, I felt so incredibly happy, like on a different level and or coloring and we made a fort and my husband, and I keep in mind when we had dates and we were first dating, we, we watched like kid movies and colored and did, I knew he was like, I was like, we're soulmates. Are we, you, you know, it's like uh, stepbrothers, do you want to do ninja in the garage? Yep. Do we just become <laughs> best friends? Yep. Um, but it's kind of getting back to that. It's kind of who, you know, who am I at the core of me? What do I enjoy? And it's, you know, when you kind of stuff back those feelings, am I just trying to be authentic or am I shoving down what my body is naturally doing to try and heal me? I'm having so many fucking aha moments of like connections <laughs> that I'm just like, wait a minute. Like what? <laughs> I'm just like, wait, what the fuck, Monique? Like, why did we not have this conversation a while ago? Because some shit's just dropping in. Like, okay, so it's 
It's connections from all of these different forms of healing that I've done. So it's like, it's not a surprise to anybody that knows me that I literally dip my toes into shit and I get real deep, real quick. I want to know fucking everything. I want to do this. I want to test this. And then I forget sometimes that like, they're all interconnected, right? Like everything in the world is interconnected. And I remember I got this astrology reading and the astrologer was like, according to your birth chart, like she has never met me, nothing, whatever. According to my birth chart, how I release energy is through crying. And I was, that's like one of the ways that I do it. I'm like, that's funny because like, I used to wear it as a badge of honor that like, I don't cry. I never fucking cry. And then she mentioned in there that if I don't allow myself to process either through crying, and I think like cleaning is another way that I just Mm -hmm. like burn through whatever. And it's funny because like, I don't really like cleaning unless I'm in the mood to clean and then I'll totally everything. Mm -hmm. And I stopped a saying that I don't like cleaning because I'm like, no, I enjoy cleaning on my own time when I have some shit to process. Mm-hmm. But she also said she was like, and the way that your energy is, I don't know, with my house is my planets and everything. She's like, if you don't release the energy, you're likely to gain weight because it will sit and that how it's affected in your body. And I'm sitting here listening to you. And I was like, yo, I learned not to cry when I was like seven years old. And that's when I gained an insane amount of weight. Like I was like 200 pounds when I was 10. And -hmm. it was like, I gained all of this weight because like my family life was extremely traumatic and chaotic. And I was taught not to cry. I had no way of processing anything. And then it's like, I went through life just like keeping this fucking guard up of just like, we, we don't cry we don't do this. I don't like cleaning. And then my poor body's like, bitch, can you give us one of them? Like, <laughs> one. like damn, but it's just, yeah. I never really put that together of like when I started gaining weight as a child and the information of crying, like, yeah. it's like, holy shit. I remember when my uh, grandfather passed away, I wasn't very close to him. Of course it was very hard, but it was reminding me of my grandmother that I lost, that was very hard when I was eight. But at this funeral, I was so traumatized, I think, trying to keep it together. And it was bringing up the root wound of uh, my grandmother passing. I didn't cry. I didn't cry at all. Even when I tried, I couldn't cry at all. And I felt so um, heavy. I broke out in like 20 to 30 canker sores within my mouth. It was awful. And I thought, holy cow, it was just like this pressure cooker. And absolutely, like if if your body can't release those heavy emotions, it's going to show up somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's going to, it's going to, it's like this exasperation of energy that needs to be released. And so, it's like this training your body that it's safe to cry because yes. growing up learning, like it's not safe to cry. Like I would get screamed at and shoved into my room for crying. And it's right. like going through, like part of the healing process was like, I can cry and nobody's yelling at me. I can. And so like, it took me a long time to build up the muscle to cry. Even alone, I felt shameful for crying. I was like, nobody can fucking see me. And I literally feel like a big bag of shame right now for crying. I was like, this is ridiculous. And then I got into a relationship and like, of course, relationships, they're like one of your biggest sources of healing. Right. And so like, he would get triggered that I would cry. And I was like, motherfucker, like I gotta, (laughs) I gotta become so strong in myself and so safe in my own body to cry that then he can see how safe it is to cry so that 
he can open up his emotions. I'm like, oh my God, the fucking layers. It was like that next next level, right? The video yeah, game. next video game level. That's right. <clears throat> um, you know, one thing, Monique, I'm pretty struck by is this idea of like connecting back to basics in, in nature, you know, in um, looking at children. And, and for me recently, have y'all heard of TRE? Yes. Oh. It's called Trauma Release Exercises, T-R-E. And it was um, developed by, my therapist has been training me in it lately so I can do it. Um, But it was developed by a social worker who worked with um, soldiers with PTSD. And so he observed in the animal kingdom, what happens when a cheetah gets, uh, a gazelle gets chased by a cheetah, you know, if the gazelle survives, if you watch it, it'll stand there and shake, like its back legs will shake. And, and, and our pets do this too. You know, my dog, I've been noticing they shake it out or yawn and you're supposed to, I have an anxious dog. So you're supposed to reward that because that's him self-soothing. Right. But then um, the person who taught me TRE pointed out, what do we do when we shake? Like say I'm going up to speak and my hands shake. Oh, I try to stop it. I try to Mm -hmm. shut it down. I try to stuff it in. Don't shake. It looks weak. And so um, that accumulates in the body. Shaking is a part of, we're mammals too, (laughs) just like the gazelles. Mm -hmm. Shaking is a part of our body releasing things, just like crying. And when we hold all that in, again, if I feel like we're like circling around and I'll just put this in the show notes. Check out the book, Your Body Keeps the Score. It yeah, really gives that book. this brain-body connection and how the body really holds on to things. But TRE is cool. So we can, this doctor made, it's like 10 exercises, social worker. You take your body through it and then you lay on the ground and your legs shake and sometimes your body shakes and you let yourself shake, just lay there and shake. And afterwards, the first time I did it, it was, I felt like I had run a marathon. Like I was so (laughs) wrung out that really wrung out feeling you get. And, and, And then like the feeling of being embodied stayed with me for days. And for me, as someone who has spent most of my life of my head, not being embodied, that was huge. And so this idea of, we have this all doesn't have to be so complicated. (laughs) Like it really, Mm -hmm. like we can take a look at some of the most basic things in nature and children, you know, getting outside, getting your feet on the ground. What a wonderful practice that I feel like most people would kind of roll their eyes at, you know, but there's so much power in the basics. And and, and so I, I've been enjoying even just moving your body, being embodied. Uh, There's all these really cool practices now. (laughs) And like you said at the beginning, I really like that of Fortunately, we have the internet now. And when you first were on this journey, you, how could you get hooked up with a TRE specialist? You know, (laughs) I know. (laughs) So it's really wonderful. We have all these resources and I I would love as someone who I would say my journey right now is I'm, I'm in the video game level of trying to come out of a full-time fight or flight. And Mm -hmm. we have the medical stuff going on and the, the question marks and the invisible illness. And it's hard for me as someone who likes to control to feel calm, you know, like when things are out of control, it has been very hard for me to get out of this constant state, this constant activated state. So would you mm-hmm. mind sharing as much as you feel comfortable, like what are some like real tangible skills and tools that you found helpful to really like regulate your nervous you've already shared so much and you've already given a ton of ideas but like what can you Mariah and I are all about like real life examples would you mind sharing like what this really practically looks like for you oh and maybe maybe the 
Um, okay. So me and Monique did a one-on-one session for nervous system regulation and we did a trauma release session. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you explain the thing. What is it like the thalamus? Thymus. Yeah. That's like the first thing that came to mind. I was like, oh yeah, she, she definitely has to mention that. Um, and that was one thing that you were kind of like, I don't know what this is, but I want to try it. I dive into all, I remember you saying yep. that before our session, Hit you're me. like, Hit me. show me what this is. I don't know what I need, but just do, do your thing. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So simply just working on your breath. When we are traumatized, we hold our breath. We don't breathe as fully, you know, so just, you know, oxygen heals. They've even found that cancer and oxygen can't cancer can't thrive in an oxygenated state. So, wow. Um, yeah, That's Denise, fascinating. these can't thrive in an oxygenated state. So simply your breath, when we hear jarring traumatic news, what do we do? We gasp, we inhale through our mouth. We expand our chest. We're stressed, right? So simply inhaling through your nose, expanding your belly instead, and then exhaling longer than your inhale will signal to your body that you're safe. So that alone, I do throughout the day. If I'm doing dishes, if I'm busy, if you know my kids are asking me for the hundredth snack of the day and I'm just like, and I'm stressed, I want to let my body know, yes, I'm busy, but I'm okay. I, I'm not in panic. I'm not running from the tiger. So simply just exhale longer than your inhale, inhale through your nose. That alone is incredible. The thymus thump, um, you know, again, if you heard jarring news, a lot of people grab their chest right in that thymus point. There's a lot of um, energy healers that, that coin that area <clears throat> as see my voice is going around as I'm kind of tapping into that area, but um, that area is kind of like the, the life source point And just by tapping that area, stimulating that thymus point, um, you are activating not only killer cells in your immune system, you're boosting your immune system, but you're activating your parasympathetic nervous system. You're inducing calm in your body. Um, So just activating that point, that was amazing for me in social anxiety. Nobody really knew. You kind of look like you're fidgeting with your necklace, you know, for for our listeners, can you just explain where, where the, oh yeah. So it's kind of like your sternum point. It's in the middle of your chest, um, kind of right in the center and even like your vagus nerve, your vagus nerve, um, goes, you know, from the back of your skull to the sides of your neck, up to the, your collarbone, the middle of your collarbone and all the way down your chest, all the way down to I your didn't abdomen. I know that. I thought yes. the, I thought the vagus nerve was literally only in the back of the neck. I don't know why oh, no. I assumed, I assumed yeah. that baby didn't run anywhere. It was oh, just like oh, gosh, a sack of so potatoes. Long. No. And, and think about where it runs the, the back of your skull sides of your neck to your, the middle of your collarbone down the center, all the way down to your um, abdomen. So what does that connect? Everything everything. So if that's firing off, what kind of symptoms could, could be triggered, you know? So even that is incredible too. Um, just tapping along, you can even tap in front of your ears down your, the sides of your neck. You can tap your collarbone, tap all the way down your sternum, and that will kind of activate your vagus nerve that will induce calm. Um, so all of those are incredible. Even just, um, identifying how much you are in this 
generalized fight or flight that, you know, even if you don't have anything else going on wound wise, which I mean, we all do, right. Um, how much of this society stimulation is causing this anxiety. So if you just take, if you practice just sitting in quiet without your phone, without doing anything, how awkward and uncomfortable do you feel? How hard is it for you to just be still not in meditation, just sit quiet with yourself. How awful does that feel for me? It felt awful. My mind just started going crazy. I didn't feel safe. I felt uncomfortable. I went to grab something, you know, even when we're in the waiting room, we want, everybody's looking at their phones. Like we're just constantly being stimulated. So, um, yeah, so I would start with breath work. You can do things like thymus thump. Um, speaking of the vagus nerve, you could put an ice pack. A lot. They have really long ice packs, even on Amazon. You can put that ice all along that vagus nerve, all along down your chest to kind of calm your body. That was incredible for me when kind of my vagus nerve and all those little nerves are haywire in fight or flight. It just kind of calms things down. Um, also, you can drop the adrenals. Uh, where you kind of put heat on your lower back where your adrenals are. So what that does is when you are in fight or flight, everything stiffens up, right? Everything tightens up because you're ready to run. Well, in that process, it kind of pulls up the adrenals. It kind of tucks them underneath the rib cage. That signifies that you're not safe. So applying that heat will relax that area, will drop the adrenals, and that lets your body know that you're safe. So that's why, that's one of the reasons why baths are so soothing for people. It calms the body. It relaxes. It drops those adrenals. It lets us know that we're safe. Um, my mind so, is blown. Yeah. So just, I mean, sitting with, with that breath work, um, really something else that was just profound for me was simply identifying areas, I, items in your environment. It sounds so simple, but it is so profound in the way that it brings your subconscious back to the present moment. Because when we're anxious, when we're spiraling, when we're reeling, what if, what if, what if, what if that happens? That was scary. What if this, we're not in the present. So how do you bring yourself to the present? The more I would tell myself, I'm not there. I'm here. I'm safe. It wouldn't work. But what did work was breathing, letting my body know that I'm safe and literally identifying there's a tree, there's a window using all your five senses. What do I hear? What do I smell? What do I see? What, you know, emotionally, what am I grateful for in this moment? No matter what, what am I grateful for in this moment? It brings you to this moment right now. And it's incredible how much of that, what if real calms down. I just did that on a walk the other day. I was taking a walk and I noticed that my mind was like, pew, 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 pew. And I was like, no, bitch, we came out (laughs) here to enjoy nature. Look at that. That's a leaf and that's a flower and that's a tree. And I was like, feel your feet on the ground. And like, it sounds so simple, but like, it really does make a really big fucking difference. Yes. And like, I just remember for a while, I was like sitting there just like rubbing my chest, probably like. Every time I sat on the couch, I was Mm -hmm. like taking breaths and just like rubbing. And I'm like, I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. And over time, you start to then realize in hindsight, wow, I don't feel like as emotional, as charged anymore about everything that is happening. Like my phone goes off and I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I'll get that when I get to it. But it's like before, before all of that, before I really walked on this healing journey, it was like, 
no, I needed to track my phone because what, what if somebody needs me? What, what if I don't respond fast enough? Mm-hmm. And, and it's how just, will they feel about me? They'll think yep. that I let them down. And if they don't accept me, I feel abandoned. And it's, it's this whole thing. And it, it's so important to not fight that spiral. What if real don't fight it because it's there to help you. So even simply being aware, okay, I got the, what if real going on? I'm feeling, obviously I'm dysregulated and using that moment to then do the breath work, then to just scan, do the thymus sump and show your body. I am taking care of you. I'm not ignoring the, what if I will definitely lean into that, but I am safe. Thank you. Thank you for trying to, to save me from for helping me. And, you know, like I said, triggers can't happen without the trauma. So as you turn off those alarms, the notifications will slowly calm down. And yeah, I still get triggered, but very few and far between. And when it happens, I almost get excited in the way that I'm like, Ooh, what is this? What is this new layer that I haven't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so the trauma release technique that we did, um, I, I had done, oh gosh, I had tried it all to get rid of the anxiety. I was, I felt like a prisoner in my body and my mind. I just lived in anxiety and I went to talk therapy, which is amazing for so many, but you know, I could talk to anybody that would listen. I, I knew that stuff really affected me. I could tell you where I was, what I was wearing. Just please make it stop, make it stop. I know that I'm safe, but make my subconscious realize that I'm safe. Ooh, yeah. So, you know, I, I dove in deeper and deeper and deeper in that. And what I did was like, we were talking about going back and realizing that you overcame that level. You overcame that moment. I realized actually what, what sparked this realization was my daughter. She was two or three and she fell on the floor and her knee was scuffed up and she was freaking out. She saw a tiny little drop of blood. She was freaking out, losing her mind, shaking and trauma, right? And I, we ran to her, we soothed her, we calmed her, we cleaned it up. We put a bandaid on for like two hours. Mommy, remember when I fell and I got cut and there was blood? I do, baby. I know you're okay now. Okay. And then she was fine. She'd play. Mom, remember I fell in it and I almost died? No, baby, you're safe. You're okay. Look at your knee. Look at, it's okay. It's safe. It kept happening. It kept happening. And it dawned on me in that moment, her subconscious is stuck in the hurt and scary. And it stopped there. It didn't embrace what came next. It didn't embrace the magic that she was loved and soothed and safe. So how much do our brains do that? Do we get stuck in the hurt and scary and we can't let that happen again? So with the trauma release sessions, what we do is we go back to a moment as the adult, the empowered adult that we are now, we don't go back to that moment as the child, because we know how that felt as a child, but we go back there with the acquired tools. We embrace that moment and we remind our child self of the, what came next. So what happened with my daughter, then I was like, okay, this like all came to me. I was like washing dishes and see cleaning, cleaning too. Like I clean it, <laughs> like stuff comes to me. Um, yeah, I was like, okay, the next time she, she brings this up, I'm going to approach it differently. I'm going to try this. Right. And so she came to me, mommy, remember when I I got hurt and there was blood and I almost died. Yes, baby. Was that scary? Yes, I know. But well, what happened? I felt down. There was blood. There was no, what happened? And then you came over to me. I did. And then what? And then daddy hugged me. He did. And then what? 
And then Marley went and got me a cool band-aid and she's, she started to lift. The trauma started to lift. She got me this fun band-aid. She did. And then what? And then we covered it. And then, and then we played and, you know, and, and it just, it lifted that you could see the trauma lift from her, her body. She wasn't shaking anymore. Um, and she stopped, she didn't bring it up again. She didn't bring it up at all. In fact, when we, it was two days, a couple of days later, her grandma asked her, I thought it was going to come up. What is that bandaid from? Oh, I fell down, but look at Marley got this cool bandaid for me. And then we played whatever. So instead the brain remembered the, what came next instead of the hurt and scary. And so with trauma release, I tried this on myself. Okay. So I went back to a moment. I made a timeline of all of the hurt and scary, and I took it one step at a time. I started with the, the moments that weren't so scary, rated them. And I, I went to a hurt and scary And I did the breath work. I regulated first. I went back to that moment as my empowered mama bear self. I embraced my child self in that moment. I I, I thought about like, how, how is she feeling? How is she looking? We connect, you know, you connect with your child self. Like I'm here. I see you. I hear you. It's like, you were saying like that teacher was really freaking rude and now she's acting fine. And now nobody believes me. So you go to that moment I know, I know I was there. That was not cool. And in that moment, you can then, um, you know, you freeze the moment where the teacher is frozen. Everything is frozen except for you and your child self. And you can empower your child self. You have a voice. You have important things to say. You know, what's up, you know, what's going on. You know how this is not right. That you had to literally hold going to the bathroom because you're scared. You, you know, it's not right that she demanded perfectionism when you're a child, So do you want me to speak to this teacher or do you want to do it? And in that empowered moment, you unfreeze that teacher. She can't say a thing. She's standing there in front of you. You let your child self express what she couldn't express. This is not okay. This was not okay. And I I understand that this is your own trauma that you were, you were teaching us. You were putting this on us from your own trauma. This had nothing to do with me. And in this moment, I am safe. And I've learned, and you list all the gains, you list all of the resources, all those points that you're scooping up, you list them. And in that moment, you, you just feel united with that child self. You're literally turning off that alarm. And so that is essentially what I do to kind of, like I said, turn that alarm off. And then that will stop firing off those, those triggers because you know that you're safe in that moment. And sure, memories of that moment might still come up. But it's incredible how quickly you can go to listing the gain. Okay, but that that lady was not, that was not right. And I am safe. And I, I know that, you know, I meet myself with love when there's perfectionism that comes up. And your mind instantly goes to that what came next instead of going to that hurt and scary. So that that's kind of what I incorporate in my healing techniques and um, just really try to help empower others to realize how powerful we are. We are freaking powerful. And there's so many ways that we deny that and it gets covered up and it gets gaslit. And so it's just a matter of realizing how powerful we've always been. It's not like we need to find power or we need to find empowerment. Like we already are. It's just shedding those, those layers off that told us that we weren't. Thanks so much for sharing those examples. Yeah. 
you wow. just, I, yeah, I mean, like taking the example that I gave and like just moving it forward, I feel like it really allows people to like really get like a 360 view of like how this works and how to start moving into a more empowering state. Because so often we hear affirmations, remind yourself that you're safe and you're like, my body don't feel fucking safe. <laughs> like in my mind, ain't going to do shit to change that. Like, right. Exactly. So, yeah. I think. I think those examples are, are really helpful. And I can't believe that this interview is lasting this long. I just looked at the time and <laughs> yeah, time we went gotta, by so quick. What is time? Unfortunately, we need to be respectful right. of Monique's and get off here. But <laughs> I feel like we could talk to you forever. It's like insane. Everything you say, I'm like, and that's another podcast episode. So thank you for sharing all this wisdom. Absolutely. The podcast has been healing and I've certainly healed quite a ton and I'm sure I will re-listening to the replay, but like, I'm honestly not lost for words very much. (laughs) Wow. You just like delivered so much much value. Um, Would you mind? This is a lovely transition. You just kind of talked a little bit about working with you. You have a lot of really cool things coming up. Would you mind sharing (laughs) with us? How can we work with you? How can we follow along? What's that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Monique Hester wellness, or you can connect with me through my website, Monique Hester wellness.com. And yeah, there's a a couple of really exciting things coming up launching in July. Um, So watch out for that two really powerful courses. Um, I just, I want to get this information out to more people. I want you to have it in your home. I want you to be able to reference it whenever you need to. So two powerful courses. One is called healer and it's just mind, just full body healing. Everything that I did to incorporate healing my body, what I teach my clients to heal their body. Um, and it just really helps you to confidently lean into the healer that you already are. Like I was talking about, you are powerful. It's just about remembering that your body knows how to heal. Yeah. It's about yep. providing it with tools. We dive into body language, um, o- over a dozen different methods. I teach you different ways to kind of identify, oh my gosh, that might mean that. Oh, you know, all of that. We uncover the most common root causes. Um, we go through a variety of healing tools and I encourage you to lean into your intuition along the way. Okay. Here are a bunch of healing tools, but out of this category, what do you love the most? What does your healing toolbox, you know, enough people telling you what to do with your body. It's not another course of this is what you need to do in order to heal. It's here are a bunch of healing tools, lean into what you know, your body needs. If it doesn't feel good, adjust, you know, listen, support, heal, repeat. So that's healer. And then the other powerful course is release and rise. And it really dives into a lot of what we're talking about, um, It walks you step-by-step through nervous system regulation. We really dive into subconscious wound healing, um, identifying and healing false truths and and just so much goodness that we kind of unpacked today. It really moves you from fear and disconnect from your body into safety and empowerment. So those two are coming up. Those two are courses that you can kind of just take with it and run. Um, I also have a mentorship opportunity where you can work with me one-on-one, um, through one-on-one, you know, Voxer where daily I check in. If you need that support, um, we do one-on-one coaching calls once a month, and then we'll do a group call where we can do the trauma release together. 
Um, we can do breath work and nervous system regulation together. So just depending on what you need, again, you know, identifying what do, what would make me feel most safe and supported? What does my body need leaning into that? So providing courses, providing extra support, if you need it, um, truly I am doing this to help those who are where I was. And I, I really, I had a reoccurring nightmare when I was chronically ill, that I was at the bottom of a well and the rope was just dangling in my sight and people were passing by above the well. And I was like, please, somebody help me. Somebody freaking help me. I am, I am here screaming and nobody would help me. You know, top specialists, people who I thought knew what was going to save me walking by, nobody would save me. And I learned how to climb out of that well. And then the dream went away when I was, when I healed, it went away. And then it was around the time that I met Natasha, that dream came back. And instead I was on the outside and there were people screaming from in the well. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was a recurring dream. And it was this intuitive nudge, like, come on. Why did that happen if it wasn't to help other people? Mm -hmm. So I do this to throw that rope down and to help others. Like I will never leave behind those that are still figuring it out. And, and we're, we are here for a reason to help each other, to lift each other up. So, so that's why I do what I do. And I'm here for support and guidance and to just really share anything that I can to help others get to that next step. Wow. You are such a wonderful example of, you know, like let your mess become your message (laughs) following curiosity and trusting your intuition and how to build that muscle. Cause it really does take, you know, I hope if anyone's hearing this and I'm certainly like, I'm sold on the courses, I'll be there. (laughs) It it gets, it gets easier, you know, in in this, if this is sounding so tough and hard and no, I remember being there too and hearing a coach say, oh, I can catch myself when I'm spiraling and I can talk myself out of it in 30 seconds. And me, I was like, holy moly, what? I'm derailed for days. And so Mm -hmm. know if that's where you are, it gets easier and it may feel wild right now. And this stuff may sound overly simplistic, but like, it's not show. It all adds up. I love that toolkit analogy. Pick some things that feel really easy and helpful for you and forget the rest and and Mm -hmm. let the muscle build. And it'll all of a sudden one day you'll realize, and this is how that growth piece is hard to measure, but all of a sudden you'll say, oh, hey, I stepped myself out of that a lot quicker than I used to. And that is such an empowering and wonderful confidence building, collect your points feeling. And (laughs) And you have to remember like how many years has it been to this point? Yeah. You know, decades. So we get so mad at ourselves when we don't heal in a week. Yeah. Like you are undoing quote lifelong disease. You are undoing generational trauma. That is no joke. Yep. You, you are doing the quote impossible. Give yourself grace and praise. Mm-hmm. Like you are doing powerful, powerful work and you can, you can do it. It just, it does take time but it's important to give yourself grace and patience. Absolutely. I feel like you were speaking into my soul when you gave that little, <laughs> that little last one. I was like, yeah, be easy on yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Monique, you're, you're a fucking genius. Literally. I, <laughs> I feel like I could just like listen to you speak all day and like nuzzle up with like a blanket. And, like, yes. Just, just l- l- listen to all of your stories and, and all of your wisdom and all of your examples are just like really fucking tangible and really fucking helpful for just realizing not only like I'm not alone, but like the solutions that you're given in our society aren't the only solutions out there. There are deeper solutions that other people aren't seeing. There are more holistic solutions. And just because we can't logically connect maybe like our emotions from like, I don't know, your digestive system or maybe your acne or like whatever is happening, just because you can't logically connect it doesn't mean that it's not connected. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then before we hop off or anything, we do have one more question, a question that we ask every human on the podcast. What has been sparking your curiosity lately? Hmm. Really what's been sparking my curiosity lately is I feel like the world is getting more and more toxic. And so it's like what I, I'm not, I'm not okay with stopping in the tools that I've learned, I keep diving in deeper. So right now I'm kind of diving into, okay, yes, I've healed, but we're continuing to face a more and more toxic world. I mean, emotionally, energetically, um, environmentally. So how can I create this healing bubble for myself? How can I continue to encourage ongoing healing body, mind, soul. I'm just, I'm really diving into that as the world is shifting, as everything is always shifting. I've just been really curious into continuing to dive in deeper. I just like never get to stop diving in deeper. I'm just, you know, diving into that curiosity. And I feel like it's necessary to continue to grow and evolve. So it's kind of where I'm at. Taking the next level. <laughs> Do you by chance know what your human design is? I just want to see if I got it. No, right. I, I oh think, I, I mean, I think somebody did it for me a while ago. I can't remember. I don't but know. Can- I have, the, yeah, I, I have a feeling that you're definitely a generator type and you might be a one, three, like I am. Okay. So I'm just, I'm putting that prediction out on the podcast. Okay. And then when <laughs> me and Sharon record the choice. intro. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to come back and we're going to, we're going to have Monique tell us because of course that's, that's naturally where my brain goes. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I would just, I would be interested to know just because that's what I've been curious about lately is exploring everybody's human design charts and shit. Um, All right. Do we have anything else before we close this episode down? No, I feel good. I feel complete. Okay. Okay, cool. So yeah, guys listening, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with somebody that you think would love it. Screenshot it, share it on social media, tag us. If something really pops out to you, totally DM us. We love connecting with you guys. We love hearing your questions. We love hearing your feedback. Like we have these conversations in hopes that like they inspire and motivate you just as they do us. So like, don't be afraid to reach out. And as always, thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review so we can all continue to grow together. And until next time, remember that you have the power to create whatever the hell you want. 
we really proved that in this episode. We are so powerful and, you know, give yourself grace. I love that is our ending message and patience, but know at the end of the day, you are so powerful. Follow the nudge, ask questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you in the next episode.